what are the things that I used to believe were true that are now not true because we're in a different world, right? And what are the repercussions as a result of that? And think about that from the standpoint of your personal capabilities, your team's capabilities, your agent's capabilities, your client's capabilities, your competitor's capabilities. Think about it from all of those standpoints and try and at least open yourself to the idea of, I don't recommend saying this is now completely true because that's just as wrong as believing the old world is completely true when it's not. Ask yourself what might be new, what might be different and test it. Go and see if the impact that you think Welcome back to the Real Estate Growth Hackers Show. I am here with my good buddy, developer, founder, realtor extraordinaire, Charlie Madison. And I'm Zach Hammer, founder of Real Estate Growth Hackers. On today's show, we're going to be talking about this paradigm shift that's happening with AI that's unlocking opportunities that many of us are missing. And we're going to go through and unravel that a little bit and reveal, hopefully, some step-by-step -step strategies to make sure that you're not missing out on the opportunities that are here, how to uncover the opportunities and what some of those strategies look like in order to make sure that you're fully maximizing the impact that this AI <laughs> shift is creating in business and real estate and beyond. So that's what we're talking about today. Charlie, what do you think of that as a topic? I love it. It's AI is changing so quickly. Elon Musk, XAI. There, he's about to roll out his, he, he is rolling it out to some people. Right. NASA is writing super prompts. It is, and me and you, we were just talking about how you have figured out some stuff programming that I, I literally can't see right. because I'm a programmer. <laughs> right. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let's dive in. So here's the key context around this. So I find that there's our perception is our reality, right? So at a basic level, if you believe that there is a tiger lurking behind the door, you are going to act and your reality is going to be impacted by that reality, right? You're going to be fearful opening the door. You're going to change your behavior based on that, right? And it doesn't matter whether there's a tiger behind that door or not, you are going to act as if there is, if you believe that to be true. And the biggest thing that I think right now that people are missing is that not overnight, this has been rolling out now for a year or two or a little bit longer, depending on how long you've been paying attention to this space, but probably most impactfully, shoot, 2020 was when some of these models first rolled out. The GBT3 first came out. I think ChatGBT came onto the scene in 2023 is when it actually launched. We've only not even been through a complete year of that and things just keep progressing and accelerating. But these things are changing almost in a way that feels like overnight, right? Like you mentioned some of the things that are happening, the way that image generation is propelling. Literally only a year ago, we're talking about nearly every image. It looked interesting, but like it didn't look like the thing that you were describing. It was like these actually a really interesting period of things that looked artistic and interesting, but not actually coherent. But now today, like we are literally, there are images that you really have to look close to see if they are AI generated or not. And that's in less than a year. And we're having the same thing happen with video. We're having the same thing happen with audio. These things are going crazy. 
in terms of how quick they're going. And so what a lot of people are missing is that the world that we live in today is not the same world that we lived in even just a year ago, right? It's not even the same world as we lived in six months ago because of how quickly these things are changing. And, and, and you remember this quote. I always butcher the quote. Go ahead and remind me. It's that Mark Twain quote. What's the one that I'm thinking of? It's not the things that you don't know that get you in trouble. It's the things that just ain't so. <laughs> exactly. And so you are likely the proverbial you, not you specifically. Although I'm sure it's happening to you as much as it's happening to me as well, right? Even being some level of aware of this thing happening. You are likely holding on to beliefs about who you are, what you're capable of, the people on your team, what they're capable of, your clients, what they're capable of, your competitors, what they're capable of. You're probably holding on to beliefs that are a pre-AI world beliefs. And as a result, you are operating in reality, in a reality that isn't as optimized as possible, that there are more possibilities that you aren't taking advantage of. It's a story, there's a parable, parable, the like what, inches from diamonds, I think is the, I think this might be a thing that actually happened, right? Guy gets a land claim on a diamond mine and is mining this thing days after days, never finds anything, gives up, sells it to the next person, takes one swing at it, and boom, they hit the vein that has the diamonds, and now they're rich, and the person who sold it doesn't, yet they did all the work, right? Uh, like, that's the reality here, is that we have these really great opportunities in front of us, but if you don't know that they're there, if you don't actually leverage that, then it's as good as if they aren't there, right? And so, right now, I'm seeing that there are lots of these opportunities where something that you previously thought was true is no longer true. And what are the repercussions of that? What I'd love to do is I'd love to go through some examples of this, not to try and be, what, what's the word? Exhaustive. Not, not to try and be exhaustive about all the opportunities that we see, because honestly, even you and I who are paying attention to this, we have blind spots that we don't know yet. And we're going to talk about some of how to uncover those and, and how to get better at that. But let's talk through some. So you mentioned you actually have a history of coding, of developing, right? How long have you been programming and what's the extent of, the, of your knowledge in that space? Since before 2000, I started when I was still in high school and I ran a company full-time for 13 years. And now I took a few years off to delve into real estate, but I still did stuff for fun. I still read Hacker News and so right. what's that? 23 years with probably 15 really like in depth, like uh, <laughs> I can sing code. <laughs> and you compare that to somebody like me. So I've always been fairly techy, right? I'm an avid gamer. I got a computer as a present for like my senior year in high school because I enjoyed working with computers and that sort of thing. I've done some level of web development, but I've done what I would call off the shelf web development, if that makes sense. I've always used tools that help make the installation process easy. I've used off-the-shelf plugins. I've done minor adjustments to code that already exists, like CSS and stuff like that. I've, I don't write code myself. I don't speak or sing code, right? right? I get the basics of how these things work, but that's never been something that I've dove in and learned a ton. I think one of the first times we actually talked years ago, you had a WordPress plugin and you're just like, hey, did, would you know how to fix this? And so I, I, if I remember right. correctly, like I looked and I was, it was like, it was, you, I think you've been banging your head for a while and it was a simple fix. <laughs> right. I was like, all right, here, it's hard coded. Just yeah. that's a really good example. Like you could off the exactly. shelf, it worked. But when it came to custom right. stuff, like 
you were at right. someone else's mercy like mine. And it was the kind of thing that I knew could be fixed and had reasonable ideas of, I don't know exactly what's causing it. I don't know where to find this, et cetera. So I couldn't fix it myself, even though I knew there was an issue. And then you go to today and today, literally actually an application that's online right now. Actually, anybody can use this. It's a AI summarizer 42.streamlit.com. I'll try and get that into the notes of this. If anybody wants to check it out, it's a tool that I actually, I built for myself and I built for myself first in Python so I could run it locally on my computer and figured out that if I was going to have it be useful for my clients, I needed it deployed in a way that somebody else could access it. So I got it coded into Streamlit in order to uh, get it up online. And actually I didn't even first put it into Streamlit. So anyway, but let's walk through this. My process for getting that app live was I literally asked ChatGBT, I want to do these things. I have no idea how to do it. Walk me through step-by-step step how to do this. And it wrote all the code. It did all of the bug squashing for me. Now, it didn't do it automatically. So I still guided the process. I still had to use my logic to do it. But I would ask it a question and get a response and then do things based on the response. And then I'd try and run the code. And again, based on it telling me how to, because I didn't even know how to run the code. So I'd, I'd run the code. I was literally at the point where I was like, okay, I have this code. I literally have no idea what I do with this. I see that you gave me code. Where do I put it? What do I do with it, right? I, I can recognize this as code, but like, how do I run this locally? What do I do? It's, I learned about IDEs and Visual Studio Code and running these things in terminal and like how to run things in terminal. And, and anyway, so you just all, lost all a few people. <laughs> I, I did, I did. And I was lost myself, right? I was lost myself. And so literally I just asked questions and I followed directions. And half the time I was copy and pasting things in the way that it told me to. And I, like, I could reasonably understand. I could read through what it was saying and it's all logic statements and stuff. So it like made some level of sense to me, but I told it what I wanted it to do. And it gave me the code to execute on my vision. And then I'd try and run the code. And when I got an error, I just copy and pasted the error back into ChatGBT and said, I'm getting this error. What do I do about it? They're like, oh, yeah, we made this mistake in this thing. He's like, oh, okay, cool. They're like, yeah, implement this code. I'm like, where do I put that? And it's like, oh, yeah, you put it right here. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Copy, paste, right there. Run. Oh, I got a new error. How do I fix this? Anyway, it's, so I did that. Th that is basic programming. That is what yeah, programmers right. do. Uh, we just right. used to have to Google it or ask our co-developer <laughs> or ask Stack Overflow. I mean, that right. is what I do when I program. I, I just, right, I have right. more knowledge to start off with, but I'm still going to break right. stuff and I go back and forth. <laughs> and so as somebody who has never coded before, like literally for me, I was able to go from idea and vision to code that's live that anyone could use just with a combination of asking the right questions and copying and pasting stuff. Right. That's what I did. I didn't have to know a single line of code. I didn't have to know what language is better than another. I didn't have to know what different languages were. I just had to show it what I had, what I wanted and get back and follow directions. And as a result, I now have a tool that exists in this world that anybody else could use that actually provides a meaningful impact in a process. What that tool lets you do is it lets you take a really long piece of text and summarize it into something shorter so that you could then use it with an AI prompt and have that work. Because if you take a really long transcript and try and run it with a AI prompt, you run out of characters. You don't have enough characters to, to actually be able to do the thing. So this lets you get the benefit of the context 
while still being able to run a prompt to say generate Facebook ads or a listing description or whatever, right? Th those kinds of things. But yeah, all of that is a result of I wasn't a coder and I realized this possible. And so I tried and I went down that path and I've now learned what's doable, what's not. And like, it, it gives me a very real perspective on, I don't suddenly believe that I have the same skill set as you. And I don't believe that it would be just as effective for me to make something as it would be for you to make it. I see that, but I have a really intuitive understanding of that now of, I have a clearer picture of what I don't know, but I also have a clearer picture of what my current knowledge unlocks for me in terms of what I can do and how things can work. So we mentioned today, so that app that I built, it was running into an issue where sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. And I had an idea about why that might be happening. And so I went back to ChatGBT and I asked it if something was working the way that I thought it was and it confirmed it. So I said, let's change it to a different way. Give me the code on how to do that. And it did. And I copy and I pasted and I saved it and it fixed the issue. All right. So like literally even squashing bugs and, and dealing with that, like that is now... That's something that I, as a non-coder, was able to do today that previously wouldn't have been possible. It would have been possible, but the amount of time that it would have taken was drastically more than before. Can you share your perspective on like how that's different than fr from you? What does that unlock for you on thinking through how you might use AI in things? Yeah, so one, to give you like a really good perspective, about 10 years ago, Maybe it was 13, somewhere around there. Uh, basically, I'd been a programmer for 10 years, and I wanted right. to delve into Python. And I right. remember one of the most frustrating weekends of my life. And so over a whole weekend, I was trying to set this up on my computer. And I know programming and the basics of programming, There's it's pretty similar. And I was looking at blog posts. I was trying to find out who had my exact configuration of Mac, upgrading stuff. Right. I'm still a PHP programmer. Like I might've right. tried for a whole week and I couldn't get it going because right. I was looking at what other people had written. And part of the issue is technology changes so quick. Like I couldn't find right. the right version. And so that's one difference. And then the other is I actually watched a, I read a, a tweet thread of someone that had a project, they were a marketing right. company and they hired, I don't know if we've talked about this. They hired two people to do it, that they hired a, a full-time legit expert programmer and they hired right. really a novice that knew no code AI type tools. Right. And the person that got the whole, like the expert programmer, he got, it went longer than it should have. I think it ended up taking six weeks. It ended up costing six grand, maybe right. even closer to 10. He only got 20% of the way through. And he said right. to finish this whole thing is going to be six months and $35,000. Right. The novice programmer with AI and technology and no code tools finished the whole project including right. automated end-to-end -end testing for the budget of 1800 bucks. And I don't know, it was like two to four weeks. Right. And the difference is going to be like 250 bucks a month. Whereas once this right. got finished, 
it was going to be 15 bucks a month to maintain, but six months versus two weeks. And the expert programmer was actually trying to argue how his way was better. And I actually run into that. That's what we were talking about. There's, I like to think of this as AI. It's really a map from where I am to where I want to be with all the intelligence in the world. But a lot of times my problem is I think I already know how to get there and I do, but like my way is like the Lord of the Rings trek to Mordor and AI's Star Trek. You just holodeck to it, but I don't even think about that because I've just made that trek so long. So I think novices actually have a, in some ways they've got a, what is it that, but a step up. Because they're able to look right. at it with fresh eyes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the key here, for everyone listening, it may not be that you need to try and leverage AI to code. That's not the point of this. That was something that I was specifically interested in. I was curious about. And so I explored that pathway, right? And there were some very real, tangible differences between somebody like Charlie, who knows how to code and how they would approach it, versus me, who I have to rely on AI to give me the answers. I have to rely on these things that give me some shortcuts and that sort of idea. And the end result is, to somewhat prove the point on this, I think I have coded now two apps... In two languages that you've said that you don't want to use, which are Python and Node, (laughs) because I'm coming at it from fresh eyes. Like, whether it's Node or Python, I know them equally little, right? Right. Like, shoot, at this point, I could tell you that if the thing starts with import, it's probably Python. And if I see a a wait and const, that's probably Node slash JavaScript. But otherwise, I could tell that they're different, but I know them about equally as little. And so I don't have that baggage of being used to doing it a certain way. And but yeah, I'm able to come at it for fresh eyes. And so the question that I think people should be looking at is what are the things? So like before these AI changes, I had a pretty good idea of what it would take for me to learn to code. I, I understood that roadmap. That, and that roadmap was just like you're describing. It's a lot of, you set out with a vision and it's a lot of try fail, research the answer, try, fail, research the answer, try, fail, research the answer until suddenly you get something that does what you wanted. And it's some portion of the bigger vision of what you're trying to achieve. And that's essentially the same thing that I did, but instead of it taking weeks or months, I was able to sit down for a day and end up with this thing, right? And so that's like a new reality that we wouldn't have been aware of. So what are the other things, right? What are some of these other areas that you use? They didn't even come to mind as an option. Like here's a smattering of things that are worth knowing uh, that might impact your life or business, right? What are like, are there people on your team that you use, like your path used to have to be that you go to the developer in order to get something fixed. But now you've got this person that's fairly techie that they probably know the basic idea of what's wrong, but maybe not exactly how to fix it. Maybe that person can now actually fix the problem themselves where they previously couldn't. Maybe that's a time savings. Maybe that's a cost savings. Maybe it's something like it used to take a person all day to get a listing set up and ready to be able to be marketed properly, to write the listing description, to get the photos properly dialed in so that they look as optimal as possible, get them uploaded, get descriptions written for them, get that listing 
also put up onto Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, get an ad running to it, making sure it's in Zillow, making sure it's in Zillow correctly, making sure the details are accurate so that the Zestimate actually shows up, hopefully somewhat near the real value of the property. <laughs> Those kinds of things, right? Like there's, there's a lot of these steps that they've all been doable and not any of them are particularly hard, but they took a human and they took a human taking probably a fair bit of creative energy that now might be able to be 90 to 95% automated with just a little bit of polish by a human and could be done in an hour where it used to take all day, right? And what does that unlock for you? What does that unlock for your business in terms of, does it change the size of the staff that you need? Does it increase the amount of throughput that your business could handle so you could grow without growing your staff? Does it increase the quality of the service that you're able to offer and thus how you stand out in the marketplace? And, and that's just like one area, right? What does this do to operations? What does this do to your sales strategy? What does this do to, to your marketing? So as a, for instance, right now, there's a tool. I don't think we've even talked about this one yet, Charlie. There's a tool called HeyGen that you can record yourself in, in as a video for a little bit. And it will simultaneously create a visual avatar of yourself that matches your gesture, gestures, mannerisms, and does a really good job of actually looking like you and sounding like you. And then from then on, you could give it a text script where you just type in the things that it's supposed to say, and it actually looks like you saying it. Really? Right? What does that do for the scalability of you being able to create content, of you being able to take something from idea to execution really quick or to iterate on things or to strategically run ads at a different level, right? So like, like stuff, right? Exactly. And, and so like right now there's costs associated with some of this stuff. So it's not all immediately going to be the same as if it costs nothing. What's possible again is the same extent of actually how well do you understand it lets you know what extent it changes things right now. But knowing that exists and knowing that it's on the horizon, that the costs tend to only go down to get that same result. Right. And knowing, okay, what does that unlock for me? It was like, I used to think doing tests of my content required really long recording sessions for me to try and get all these different variations I need. But now what happens if I can use a prompt to generate all the variations, have my avatar actually do the videos, run the test to those, and then that lets me know what I should actually record content around. Like what what are the best hooks? What are the best ways of flowing the content, right? And these are just a couple of things. And those are just the things that I'm seeing. So I'd love it if you could share, there's another element to this. So far, like really the takeaway is this foundational question of what is now possible that previously wasn't? And what does that unlock or change for me, my team, my business, my competitors, my clients? What are the repercussions of those changes? Yeah, I would say the challenge for me, the way I'm trying to think about it is if I woke up on a new planet, how could I look at, like, I, I've got my experience, but how do I look at maybe gravity's different? Like, how do I look at everything really completely right. different? Like, how do I boil it down to what are the first principles that I really know? But how do I look at everything else? In a lot of ways, it's almost like I wake up on a new planet as a baby. 
And the way that a baby right. learns is trying stuff in the world. When like we really need implicit learning in this AI world. It, right. Like the laws and, are different than they used to be. Right. And imagining that, it, it's really part of what makes it so hard is it's like you went to sleep and you have all of your memories. And when you woke up, you're on a planet that looks exactly like everything that you remember. The rooms are the same. The people are the same. And when you go out, everything looks exactly the same. But it's completely different with completely new rules. And you, everything about what you intuitively understand is potentially wrong. And you need to learn what's different in this new world that looks exactly the same. That's essentially what we're doing right now. Well, like you said. Would it be fair to say it's, in a lot of ways, it's mostly different. It's not completely different. There are some things right. that are the same. And so it's for exactly. us to deduce. That's why I like the idea of getting right. back to it. Like, what are the things that are the same? What are the same things that are same and what are the things that have changed? And when you ask that question, your experience makes a massive difference in that, going out and experiencing it. One of the only other ways that I've seen that potentially helps you unlock those changes quicker is also surrounding yourself and learning from people that are doing the same thing. You and I have different perspectives. I'm not a coder. You are a coder. You approach some of the ways that that you think about maybe some of the things that I have studied more than you. And I, I actually, I don't know what things I've necessarily studied more than you, to be Webinars, fair. Webinars, for sure. Uh, <laughs> okay, so there you go. So like the way... What works for me in terms of creating webinars and that sort of thing, there are things about how you, like what's hard for you or what's difficult for you that reveals things that I never realized would have been blind spots for me. And it's only in coming together and seeing that I see opportunities for things that I may not have been aware of, that I learn about opportunities that exist that I wouldn't have been aware of. And similarly for me, my different perspective is revealing opportunities and things for you as well. And those kind of changes are big and powerful. I, I, actually, I'd love it if you'd share. You went uh, a few weeks back now to a conference or a mastermind. Yeah. I forget exactly what they called it. And, and so put this in perspective. I am somebody who is daily do dealing with this stuff, right? Like I've played with 11 labs mid journey. I was creating custom AI images when the only way that I knew to do it was with Google notebooks that were set up to be able to run the code in a Google notebook, which I didn't even know what it was at the time. So I've been generating images before it was even like really all that commonplace. And I've been doing the same kinds of things with all of this technology. I've been playing with it pretty early on. And so I have a pretty deep and in the weeds understanding of this stuff. Your images, yet, your first images were chiseled on stone. Is that what I hear? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My first AI images were the chiseled AI images. Exactly. And then you came down from the mountain. <laughs> the people were not doing good and you broke them. <laughs> <laughs> and I broke up because, again, they had established the AI golden calf. And, uh, anyway, but yeah, so I don't want to, like, I don't feel like I'm an expert in this, but I definitely feel like I'm on the forefront of actually playing with this stuff. And yet, even with that, there are things that I still learn that I hadn't thought about that were from a different perspective. I love it if you share that example of that perspective that you got from Joe. Yeah, I went to my Bowerful Only Mastermind. And uh, the right. guy that runs it, Joe, he's really like dove deep into AI. And he's one of the things he's really mastered is how to use 11 labs audio. Right. And he's their power user for sure. Right. At least one of them. Right. And 
So he is, he's literally tried for a lot, I don't know, six, nine months to get it. And he's got it where he actually took one of his books and put it in 11 labs. And I thought it was him reading it. Like it's good. And so what he did, he found the way to get 11 labs to mimic his his voice best was he gave it five different types of audio content. And so the first is, and he would actually go into chat GPT and he'd say, write me a task, write me a story that will be two minutes long that I will read into 11 labs to clone my voice. And I'd do that. Right. And then he said, now convert that into a rap. And then he said, convert that into a poem. And he's got, he had two more that, that he ended up doing. And what he found is when he gave 11 labs a rap versus a song versus a poem versus a story versus a, I think one was like a lecture. It really drew out the real inflections. And then the other little thing that he found is 11 labs at periods and commas. It doesn't actually pause the way that humans do. He converts all the periods and commas into an ellipsis, three periods. Right. And so like those two things make it where it's enjoyable to actually listen to him read his stuff. And so here's what's powerful about that. These are things, there's a couple of takeaways for me uh, on this, right? So as somebody who's been diving into this world and understanding the basic idea of how this technology works, I am able to now leverage that information to shortcut my learning process on doing the same thing. But I'm able to do so probably in a way that's hopefully and maybe a little bit better than some people might. Because there's a few aspects of what you mentioned that I get are important that somebody else may not get is important. So as a, for instance, I get why like the five different styles of what you were describing, like why that would be important. But more than that, why it might be important that it's turn this thing into that. Turn this thing into that. Because now what it's doing when you're training a model about what like how you sound in these different capacities, there's this underlying understanding of he's talking about the same thing, but he's doing it in a different way. And without actually communicating that, you're giving it this varied understanding of, oh, when you want to employ this kind of emotion or this sort of idea, it sounds like this. But it's all around the same topic, right? And so that you could see that as you're flowing through something, it's like, okay, we should be sounding like this because we're on the same topic and we're talking about it in this way, right? And and then similarly, other things, some of those elements are a useful shortcut or hack to understand how the AI currently works, understanding the three dots, right? That's something that somebody could pick up pretty quick in terms of after hearing it without needing much more information. And But what's cool is I've played with Love and Labs enough to get the idea of all that, like all that he's talking about, all of that, and I'm able to take his six to nine months experience of actually diving in and very readily being able to integrate that into what I'm doing without having to put the six to nine months in. And what's cool is that when you surround yourself with people who are not just regurgitating what they're hearing from everybody else, but they're actually out doing the work, that's where you like 
start getting these exponential returns because most people right now, and this is one of the problems that we're seeing in the AI space, it is really easy to just regurgitate, to say the same things that have already been said and just do them in a new way in, in, in a slightly unique with a slightly unique wrapper. So actually knowing like somebody's putting in the work, playing with it, seeing the results, they're actually in the trenches trying to put this stuff into practice and learning from those kinds of people, like that becomes super important. And really to me, those are the, the foundational takeaways of like, we're in this AI world, it's brand new. What, how do we maximize the benefits of that and minimize the negative repercussions by not paying attention to it? So how do we do that? We ask ourselves the questions. What is now possible that previously wasn't? What are the things that I used to believe were true that are now not true because we're in a different world, right? And what are the repercussions as a result of that? And think about that from the standpoint of your personal capabilities, your team's capabilities, your agent's capabilities, your client's capabilities, your competitor's capabilities. Right? Think about the your vendors. Yeah, exactly. Think about it from all of those standpoints and try and at least open yourself to the idea of I don't recommend saying this is now completely true because that's just as wrong as believing the old world is completely true when it's not. Ask yourself what might be new, what might be different, and test it. Go and see if the impact that you think, did this suddenly become doable? Did this suddenly become easy overnight? Because some things, that's going to be a yes. Other things you're going to find, it became easier but it's not like my experience. It's not like I magically became able to code just as well as Charlie could. It's not like I'm a full expert coder now. But I do have a bit more of a skill set than I did before that's made a lot easier with AI. And so I have a, an intuitive knowledge around that. Because I asked the question, might this be true? And I went and I tested and I experimented and I got a better understanding of the tools. And then the other aspect Surround yourself with people who are doing the same thing. Surround yourself with people who are testing this stuff, not just listening and regurgitating, but who are actually putting it into practice and trying it in new ways, trying things in their business, trying to be in the jungle, cutting through the weeds rather than just following the paths that are already paved by other people. Because when you're following just the people who are following the paths, you don't tend to learn a ton. You learn from the people who are actually forging who are actually cutting those paths, creating those paths. Because we're in a new world. We're in like a virgin jungle. And carving our path through it is really how we start to discover what's possible now. And it's changing all the time. So it's a constant thing that we need to be ready for. Does that make sense? Does that, as a, a bow on how you maximize the uh, benefits of this change, does that all make sense? Yeah, I like that. One, ask, what is different? And then we can test it out. And two, right. be around other people that are... I like what you said, clearing, making the path. And right. I think part of that is because I've seen a number of masterminds, different AI people, but they're in different fields. And in some ways, like it doesn't really affect me. And I think with that one, it's important to be in a group of other like the real estate brokers and also be in one where you guys have different strengths because there's a really cool interplay between the expert and the novice. Like if you're an right. expert at recruiting realtors, the novice can hear what you're doing and with fresh eyes think, how can I apply AI to this? 
And if they're really good at retaining realtors and you're like, you're mid at that, you can do the same thing. All right, that's cool. How can I? And so as you guys are, are doing that, the novice can actually help you see what's new. Because like, I know with me, with program, we've talked about it. It is really hard for me to see. It's hard for me to unsee what I already know. It's what I know that just ain't, but it's my lived experience right. for 20 years. Like right. I can say, I want to wake up like a baby on a planet, but right. like when you share streamlit with me, I'm like, all right, like I should look into this for my next little short project. Right. And so I think I, I love that this is what you're building a group right. of real estate brokers that are wanting to forge right. the path that are like, they're all great at what they do and they've got their niches. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And so that's what we're currently putting together. We're putting together a small group of real estate team owners, real estate brokerages that run like a team, people that are doing that work where you've got a group of agents, you're working with that group of agents, doing some level of helping them along the way. Maybe it's marketing, lead gen, maybe it's servicing their deals on their behalf, those kinds of things, that sort of model. So if you're running that sort of model and you're wanting to see how AI might be impacting your business, we're putting together a group of people that are meeting continually, talking about how we're implementing these strategies into those businesses in order to accelerate growth, do more than we previously thought possible through AI. These are going to be actually tested strategies, not just some scraped list of prompts that somebody put together so that they could say that they have over a thousand, some actually tested strategies around. We have a clear problem that we think AI could solve. Let's test it. Let's put together a working solution to actually do this at scale, do this in a way that's intelligent and continually refine it. So we're doing that work together so that you get the benefit of being surrounded by people who are putting this to, together in the field that you're actually in going in the similar direction, but still, like you said, coming at it from different strengths, different perspectives so that you can learn while you're implementing and learn from others that are implementing and not just have it be the, the shiny silver object, but real meaningful ways that people are reducing the amount of time that it takes to service contracts, increasing the amount of output that staff and agents are able to do with the same amount of time that they already have. Like that's our goal. Our goal is to figure out how do we scale output and profit without scaling cost or staff, right? Or how do we minimize that scaling as much as possible uh, while maximizing the output? But that's what we're doing. That's what we're putting together. If you want to learn more about that, you want to potentially join us in that process and be part of that group, I definitely recommend that you reach out to us, realestategrowthhackers.com slash contact. We don't have a landing page for this or anything right now. This is really a small group of people that are in the weeds doing this together. At some point, we might put together something more official, but if you're interested, reach out and let us know and we'll get you the details on for one. If we feel like it's going to be a good fit, we'll give you the opportunity. We'll talk about it a bit. You'll tell us if you think what we're up to is a good fit. We'll tell you if we think that you're a good fit for the group. And, and if you are, we'd extend the invitation to say, hey, we think that you'll get a lot of value out of this and we love for you to join us in this journey as we're hacking our way through the jungle, figuring out how to implement AI to great benefit for everybody. So yeah, thanks so much uh, for coming out. If you guys want to check that out again, realestategrowthhackers.com slash contact. Otherwise, I hope this was helpful for you in thinking through how do you maximize this game-changing thing that's happening with AI and how do you do that systematically? And it's all asking the right questions and by surrounding yourself with the right people. So hopefully you guys get out there and do that. If you guys... 
are a lender or a real estate professional that's looking for some really awesome strategies on how to do marketing at scale, how to do that in a way that's really cool. I recommend that you check out what Charlie's up to at Realtor Waiting List or Referrals While You Sleep, RealtorWaitingList.com if you are a lender or mortgage professional. If you are a real estate professional, Referrals While You Sleep, check them out there, referralswhileyousleep.com. And yeah, otherwise, thanks so much for, for joining me again, Charlie. It's been good to have you on the show yet another time. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Until the uh, next one, we'll catch you on the next Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. You can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.